3: Right now, live from the NASDAQ market site, overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, David Seberg, Steve Grosso, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, CBS getting slammed.
2: Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place?
3: and does all of Hollywood and Wall Street brace for a potential bombshell report about CEO Les Moonves that could drop any moment? We'll bring you the details and tell you what it could mean for the stock and a possible Viacom merger. Plus. Tesla now down 24% from its highs as it skids into earnings. And now the short seller who called the financial crisis is taking aim at Musk. Will the shorts finally prevail? But first, we start off with the tech bloodbath raging on. The Nasdaq down nearly a percent and a half, taking the rest of the market along with it after what seems like one earnings bombshell after another. And so it may be time to lay to rest some of our favorite names. Yes, it is a sad day here on Fast as we are holding a funeral for some of our favorite tech names. It was fun while it lasted. The stories about how about this time it is really different, how nothing can take them down, nothing except earnings. There was Intel, Mr. Old Value Tech losing 9%, then Netflix. We think we will miss you most of all. Facebook, you had us at hello. And, of course, you could forget (laughs) Twitter. It took so long for you to finally get your groove back, but now you're in a one-day bear market. Wow. So with death comes potential revival. And so tonight we're asking a simple question. Do any of them still have some life left in them? Guy, we kick it off with you. So this is a game here. Very simple. I give Sarah you the McLaughlin, name okay. and I ask you, dead or alive, Intel, dead or alive.
4: Like the Bon Jovi song. So you should, why did we come in with Sarah McLachlan? Who, we could by have the way, gone I followed her J.B. on tour for an entire year, all through Canada,
5: Sarah McLaughlin. Really? Oh, her?
4: I, don't, I, don't,
3: I don't know what I think about you now. But no, anyway, it's fantastic. dead or alive, Intel.
5: You went on tour? Shh. There you go. There it is. You hear that? Okay,
6: it's alive.
2: It. No, it's, it's 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 alive. Not
4: dead. It was dead. Now it's back alive. Why is it alive now? Because on valuation it's alone, you, you. <laughs> What happened? Don't then? let that distract you. <laughs> that keep did talking. distract me. We need to really b- bolster up our budget it's here at C in <laughs> NBC's Fast Money. <laughs> Listen, so you're going to get that for the rest of the show. 11 and a half, 12 times forward earnings, you got to say this is a, an inexpensive stock. Mm-hmm. A lot of analysts took down their price targets, but guess what? Look at where the price targets are. They're anywhere from $52 to $58, which still gives you tremendous upside, I think, in the shares. Traded more than two times normal volume today. I say
3: it is alive! Yeah, well, Data Center was a disappointment. They're still pushing yeah. out the 10-nanometer chip. There's an interim CEO in place. That's I mean, problem. what do we, that's what the, do, we that's do with a, this? It's
5: a rudderless ship right now. Until they announce some sort of, you know, management succession plan there, it's it's a problem. So I think you cannot buy it until that's announced. Come on. I mean, uh, look, an Rudderless, AD, ship, AD, rudderless a ship. Rudderless this is, ship. This is
6: arguably one of the top 10 most important companies in the world, I, I would argue. And I would Dead. say on a steel horse it rides because the <laughs> bottom line here is this is a company that if you look at the semis and if you look at what it Nvidia and some of the the high-end and some of the gaming chips are doing. Intel's going to be in this space. Data Center has been such a bright spot for these guys. The fact that actually we we had some tough comps, it's alive. The two alive. You're dead, dead. Seberg, right?
3: Oh, here's an interesting... Now that NXP is free of a potential Qualcomm Uh merger, would you rather... NXPI. Squeezing in, a, in a game Intel. inside More of a game. game. It's like a Tukducken. So, so, so
7: I would go <laughs> it's alive with Intel uh-huh. and I would rather NXPI. Steve, <laughs> he
5: played it right. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Great. That's That's great. A pretty I easy game. I think out, but out I think with <laughs>
7: Intel when people are talking about value versus growth I think Intel is always going to be a value name and I think after today you leave it a couple of days I think people will be resurrected to this name. It's a value name. I think buyers will come in. That's a lot Oof. in that. All right. So much sun uh,
3: Net- Netflix is up. Uh, dead or live, Tim?
6: Dead. And it's Oof. all the same. Only the names will change. Bottom line here is Netflix. If it's a content play, frankly, it's pretty flimsy. I think the valuation ultimately is what it comes down to. This We've, we've been through the media sector up, down, and sideways, and, and if you don't think that HBO isn't a threat, if you don't think that Hulu's not a threat, and that Amazon's not coming, I don't know why anyone would pay for this valuation, even though it's a great service.
5: I say alive. Alive and kicking. I mean, look, the fact is this. You. There's two things here. This is not a zero-sum game. There's room for <laughs> multiple players. They're massively growing, uh, you know, their, 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 uh, they're, you know, uh, they're international, uh, you know, sub-base, whatever you want to call it. And I would say this, really important, I mean, to look at. Reed Hastings is not a fool. Reed Hastings knows how to manage the street. They had an internal uh, issue with how they sort of came up with their data. But he's going to fix that. He definitely sandbagged it. I would say it's a buy.
7: How could you say it's dead, though, when you look at these two names that are up there? And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but ne- uh, Netflix is up 85% year-to-date. Uh, Twitter is up 42% percent it's story Is the now still, dead? I mean, we get that no, we think, get I don't, don't think it's dead. I don't higher. think it's dead. And, and, and it is a content play. They're, they're a, a monstrosity in the content world. It was Disney. On, now people I'm look at Netflix as being really the king. Now, I don't want to say king content. Kind of, Disney will always be that way. But Netflix is truly a content play.
3: Do you believe they're forecasting, truly.
4: though, at this point? I mean, isn't that a That's fundamental issue in terms That's, of this is, whether to believe the story? So I would... Con- I hate playing the game incorrectly. <laughs> can I play can I play my rules? De- Dead or know, alive? What? You can't. He Sorry, go sit. ahead. Do whatever you want. It's clearly up. alive with a caveat. You like that? Hmm. Okay. Right. Hit the alive button. <laughs> the go caveat ahead. being, I think we're going to retest the levels that we we saw in April when they reported the quarter that took us up to $414. So I think you got to do the whole round trip. And I'm listen, international growth is tremendous, domestic growth wasn't really there. But this is now the second misstep under Reed Hastings' tenure, and I think they're going to pay the price for it in the environment we find ourselves in. So I don't think it's dead, but I do think there's further the downside in the first misstep
6: having been Remember pricing? when they raised prices yeah, the about six years yep, or so-ish that.
4: ago? That was on the this, first misstep?
6: In my opinion, it was, yeah. It was a wake-up uh, call. Uh, in bottom line, of this earnings and the slower growth and, and the lack of their ability to actually forecast that, surprises don't equate to a higher valuation. Look at Facebook. Yeah, dead. so dead. Tombstone. Once again, dead. dead. By the
3: way, yeah, that, that's a tombstone. By yeah. the way, in case there was any. I, 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 um, Facebook is the next candidate here. Grasso, dead or alive.
7: So I, I'm going to say alive on this. It's going to need some some you. days, some weeks, maybe to breathe on this. But I, and I wouldn't step into all of these are the three day rule. I wouldn't step in. They've got to bottom out. Facebook has a, a long way to bottom out. But I do think that it's still a behemoth. It's still a
6: sales generator. It's still going to be there. It's alive. I I think it's dead. And again, let's qualify what dead means in the show. They're not going out of business. I don't think they're about to break apart into pieces. But that stamp is because, again, this was a disclosure issue. I think it's a governance issue. I think also if you think about data as a product, I'm not sure that they really know how to the costs attached to producing their product. In other words, security is a major cost for these guys going forward. We don't know what it is. How do you rank a company that can't value its business?
3: So the backdrop, that was a backdrop for Twitter's report. Mm. Twitter's the next one, dead or alive. Uh, dead
6: and buried. I
3: mean, oh, this is oh, dead and buried. Oh, the there's the no rain. stamp there's nothing,
5: for dead and nothing buried. Nothing in that report <laughs> at all that was promising for this company. And, and I'll tell you right now, it's going to continue to bleed as far as the price, you know, is continuing to go lower, in my opinion, because... This was a hedge fund trade. Hedge funds took the stock right up, and they've, they've played this out. As far as I'm concerned, the selling pressure is going to remain on this story. I can I see it going much lower. Every other than stock we've just talked about is a hedge fund trade. And, by the way, the stock's no, no, doubled no, no. This since, since the, the people reason reason said it couldn't go any higher. It was it was 17. The only reason what? they were in this trade was for the monetization and the expectations that they were going to monetize. They, and they didn't. This is not a story you want to own. Trust me, folks.
4: I, I, first <laughs> of all, I'm surprised we can't afford the letters to put on the tombstone. Lisa Thrick, R.I.P., I mean, we could have put those on, just right, just so people know know what that is. I I, I had to look five times to figure out what that was. The graphic artist is taking notes right now. It's not. It is alive. Yes, thank you for flashing that graphic. I do think it's alive. Listen, they they have made mistakes clearly, and their ability, their inability to give us the right user metrics daily, monthly, they're they're tripping over themselves. With that said. Far too valuable a, an entity, and the fact that it's down 20% on huge volume leads me to believe you're going to see a bounce. It's alive.
3: All right, coming up, Apple's on deck for earnings next week. Could it be the next big tech stock headed for the graveyard? We will give you those details. Plus, CBS shares getting slammed today on anticipation of a yet-to-be-released New Yorker magazine article. Uh, What does it mean uh, for the Tiffany Network and its potential merger with Viacom? And later, eSports hitting a fever pitch as ESPN gears up to cover the big Overwatch competition this weekend. We'll talk to the league commissioner about all the hype. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after
2: this.
0: People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older like a family vacation Cannonball! or starting your dream business welcome to Connie's coffee how may I help you AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds that's why the younger you are the more you need AARP start planning today at aarp.org/ money
8: tools this podcast is supported by FedEx dear small and medium businesses See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, Positively FedEx. Support
3: for this program is provided by Chevron. Methane management is a critical part of achieving a lower carbon future. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. They're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. And they've trialed over 13 advanced detection technologies, including drones and satellites. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane. Welcome back to Fast Money. Check out shares of CBS tanking today on reports that a yet-to-be-released bombshell New Yorker article could detail alleged misconduct by CEO Les Moonves. Our Julia Borson is live in Los Angeles with more. Hi, Julia.
0: Melissa, CBS shares ended the day down 6% ahead of that expected article from The New Yorker by Ronan Farrow. Farrow tweeted about an hour ago saying, quote, a quick reminder that I don't comment on reporting I haven't published. If you're reading about my work from secondary sources, you're often not getting the full or correct story, especially in cases where parties have an interest in downplaying or otherwise spinning. Now, CBS Independent Directors is issuing a statement ahead of this article saying it's investigating the matter and will take appropriate actions. Also going on to say, quote, the timing of this report comes in the midst of the company's very public legal dispute. While that litigation process continues, Continues. the CBS management team has the full support of the independent board members. Along with that team, we will continue to focus on creating value for our shareholders. The legal dispute is between Moonves and Sherry Redstone's National Amusements, which controls both CBS and Viacom and pushed to combine the two companies. CBS is suing to dilute National Amusement's controlling stake. National Amusement's sued back. Redstone's representatives issuing a response to CBS's independent board members saying, quote, the malicious insinuation that Ms. Redstone is somehow behind the allegations of inappropriate personal behavior by Mr. Moonves or today's reports is false and self-serving. Ms. Redstone hopes that the investigation of these allegations is thorough, open and transparent. A couple of analysts weighing in here a Barclays report saying, quote, the most obvious implication is that the Redstone family could get more negotiating leverage in its attempt to combine CBS and Viacom. Of course, I want to note here that Viacom shares moved up about 4.5% on today's news. Melissa, back over to you.
3: All right, Julia, thank you. Julia Borsten in Los Angeles for us. For more on this, BTIG's Rich Greenfield joins us now on the Fast Line. Rich, great to have you with us.
9: Thanks for having me, Melissa.
3: What do you make of the situation?
9: Look, we've believed for literally two-plus years, that both Viacom and CBS are too small. And it's been really kind of sad watching the rest of the media universe merge and get bigger. You know, you look at just the big news this morning, Disney shareholders and Fox shareholders approving their mega-merger. You've seen AT&T gobble up Time Warner. You've seen Scripps sell out to Discovery. Meanwhile, Les Moonves has really been the, the personal impediment to a merger of Viacom and CBS. And I think, you know, from the standpoint of what needs to happen, both these companies need to get bigger. And unfortunately, I don't see a long list of buyers for either company. I think their best first action, and I believe this for quite some time, is to get together, get bigger themselves, uh-huh. and then explore other transactions so that could make them even bigger than that.
3: Connect what is widely expected now from the New Yorker over the weekend with what you're saying. Are you saying that this will precipitate Les is, uh stepping away from the company, uh, you know, on terms that we don't know yet, but stepping away effectively and facilitating the merger between the, these two companies? And wh- wh- how does a lawsuit fit into all of this?
9: Well, look, I've I believed for quite some time that Les did not want a merger, meaning he personally blocked the merger two years ago, uh, didn't want it to happen unless it was on his specific personal terms. And I really felt that, that, given that, it was right for him to step aside. And so whether it's just him retiring, whether it's the, the, the things that you're alluding to and Julia just talked about, doesn't really matter to me. I, I think the key point is, in order to get these two companies merged together, which is good for both of them long term, less needs to be gone. And I, I, we've been steadfast in that belief over the last 12 months.
3: I get what you're saying, Rich, but if CBS actually prevails in its lawsuit against national amusements, could it be, could there be a situation where less is gone, but CBS prevails anyway and so dilutes the interest of national amusements?
9: Look, I guess there's always possibilities. You know, we're a big believer that Delaware recognizes the ownership rights of shareholders. And, uh, you know, it, it would seem pretty hard to imagine when you look at controlling shareholders like the Murdoch family, like Evan Spiegel, like Mark Zuckerberg, for the Delaware courts to overturn shareholder rights and reverse decades of shareholder rights seems very, very unlikely. So uh, we were pretty confident that CBS was going to fail in this attempt anyway. Right. This really seemed like a crazy Hail Mary. I think, the, I think honestly, less has been delaying the inevitable for two-plus years.
3: In terms of retirement? No, so in terms of stopping the merger. Of, okay, stopping the merger.
9: Well, but, yeah, and again, he doesn't want to do it. It would be, in an ideal world, the best-case scenario would Les Moonves and Bob Bakish would get in a room, work together, and build the combined company for the future. But okay. I don't think Les really wants to do it. And so if he doesn't want to do it, right. but it's the best long-term move for the company, mm-hmm. he should step aside for whatever the reason is.
3: Okay. Rich, we got to go. Thanks so much for phoning in. Thanks for having me, Melissa. Rich Greenfield, BTIG. What do you think happens? How do we uh, trade the situation? I
4: think the stock, listen, you go back to their quarter on May 3rd. They reported a great quarter, EPS beat and a revenue beat. The stock was trading $48. Within a month and a half, it was a $60 stock. Valuation was compelling. A lot of analysts raised their price targets. This stock reports, I think, Wednesday or Thursday of next week. I think it's still a compelling story on valuation. I think the quarter's going to be strong. And in my opinion, you're going to want to own it here. I, I don't know what's going on with Mr. I have no idea. I don't think anybody does. I think this gives you an
6: opportunity to buy the stock great entry level under earnings. Well, the nice thing about this is at one point, I think the Viacom merger was a bad thing. So as you heard Rich say, is actually forget about that. Putting these two things together ultimately is a good thing, but it doesn't need to happen in the short run. Guys talk and valuation 13 times trailing, uh, slightly, you know, slightly more than that going forward. Major discount to the sector. Ad revenues are very strong. Probably the best of the of the networks, frankly.
7: So, so this I don't disagree with either either uh, Tim or Guy. But this story just broke, basically. So you're going to have to say. Whatever hurts CBS yeah. helps Viacom. So I'd, be, I'd put on that trade at least yeah. until earnings come out. So I, I don't think you can argue with that. I'd be long Viacom, short
5: CBS, earnings come out, maybe you close that up day I, before. I, I agree with that on valuation as well because Viacom's trading cheaper than CBS. But the, at the end of the day, I wor- worry about the collateral effect within CBS management structure. So if he gets ousted, if Les gets ousted, and there is a combination of Viacom, CBS, is there going to be cooperation on the CBS side, or do you lose key personnel there that makes that integration incredibly meaningful? messy. So that, that's the concern I worry about. All
3: right, coming up, it is Apple's turn to face the fatal earnings season that has the rest of tech struggling to survive. If you're worried, though, we've got a way to protect yourself against another deadly drop. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast.
2: With tech stocks falling left and right, will Apple buck the trend when it reports next week? We'll tell you how to get protection. Plus, coming soon to an earnings call near you, Elon Musk. Will he have a meltdown? Will he troll an analyst? And what could it mean for the stock? We will explain when Fast Money returns.
3: Welcome back to Fast Money. 20,000 fans are getting ready to descend upon the Barclays Center in New York City this weekend for one of the year's biggest esports tournaments. And even ESPN will be covering the high stakes competition as it tries to capture more of the millennial audience. It's the first ever Overwatch Grand Finals. Overwatch, a team-based shooter game, is one of gaming uh, company Activision Blizzard's biggest franchises, thanks now in large part to the game's esports league. It became the first global esports league with city-based teams like traditional sports leagues when the inaugural season launched in January, boasting a prize pool of three and a half million dollars, one million of which will go to this weekend's winning team. Nate Nanzer is the Overwatch League commissioner, and he's giving us an inside look at the epic showdown that is about to kick off tonight live from the Barclays Center. Nate, welcome to Fast Money. Great to have you with us.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
3: Give us an idea of how the teams are getting prepped just, uh, you know, literally minutes away from from start time.
1: It's super exciting here, uh, fans are pouring in. We had a huge, peop- a huge line of people outside Barclays Center hours before doors open. Uh, the teams are downstairs, probably, uh, probably just resting, focusing, uh, thinking about what's ahead of them. Uh, I can't wait to see their faces when they walk out on this stage and see uh, thousands of fans in front of them. It's gonna be really exciting.
3: As we mentioned, Overwatch, this this particular league, has seen tremendous growth. There were nine teams in the U.S., one from the U.K., one in South Korea, one from China. Where are you seeing the most interest? Where do you see the fastest growth happening?
1: Overwatch is a global sport, right? Uh, Overwatch is a game that's played all over the world, uh, and that's why it was important to us to have a global league. We we have a a huge audience in the US, uh, but we also have a huge audience in China and Korea and France and Germany and the UK, uh, Brazil, all all over the world. Uh, And uh, what what other sporting event in the world uh, can you tune in and see Philadelphia play London in a final? It's something that's really unique to our league, the global nature of it, uh, and we're really excited about putting on an epic event here in New York City.
3: There are a lot of eSports leagues now, Nate, focusing on different games across the gaming universe. Is this competition? Does this sort of bring attention overall, increase uh, awareness and interest in in eSports in general?
1: Yeah, I I, I think it does. Look, we're very focused on what we're trying to build with the Overwatch League. First and foremost, it's about celebrating our players, the best Overwatch players in the world, uh, and putting on an epic experience for our fans. At Blizzard Entertainment, that's what we do. We do epic entertainment experiences. Uh, And, and, you know, we've definitely, I think, taken a leadership position in terms of the professional nature of our league. Uh, We're really proud of our owners, uh, many of them from traditional sports, uh, great owners from uh, Endemic to Esports as well, uh, and all over the world. And, And, you know, I think for us, it's really about celebrating our players, but doing so uh, at a very high quality bar and, and creating a product uh, that's incredibly professional.
6: Hey, Nate Tim Seymour, fired up to be going to the Barclays tonight. What does Bob Kraft bring to this league from a sports perspective?
1: Well, I think what's really exciting from my perspective is tonight we're going to be live for the first time, there's never been an esports event, live in primetime on ESPN1. Uh, and I think what fans are going to see, they're going to tune in and they're going to see Philadelphia and London. It's going to look familiar to what they're used to seeing on ESPN. And we've heard that from fans all over the world, that the city-based nature of the Overwatch League is something that's really given them uh, a reason to care. It's a, a great on-ramp into becoming a fan. Uh, and if you're a New Yorker, you have a ton of pride in, in, in being from New York. And so- so it's only natural that you're going to support a New York team uh, with all your heart.
3: Nate, thanks for your time. I know it's a busy night for you. Nate Nanzer of the Overwatch awesome. League. Um, i
4: shocked that Tim's going. He's going to be at the bar. I'm like the gamer, bro. I am the chief e- correspondent
3: Thank here. You. Thank you. <laughs>
2: wow. And it's,
4: good. it's nice that they're on ESPN1, not the Ocho, as you were saying earlier before the show started. <laughs> EA Sports reported last night, great quarter, disappointing guidance, stocks down 9%, probably has a little more room to the downside. We talked about take two. I think that's probably the most interesting one. A little more expensive, they report next week. I'd rather be there.
7: So uh, uh, between Electronic Arts, Activision Blizzard, Activision Blizzard is under some pressure, too. Uh, It's up still 19% year-to-date, but Take-Two up 11% has been the underperformer. I think that's where you can go. It's got a smoother technical chart, but I think Activision Blizzard is where I want to be longer term.
5: I agree with Guy. Take-Two, we talked about this last night on the show. I think from a valuation perspective, that's the name you want to own in this space right now.
3: All right. Time for the final trade.
5: Mm. It's
3: Friday. Show goes fast, right, Tim?
6: Friday, dead or alive? John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Twitter, come on, absolutely alive. Got to take down by by Facebook. It's not the same story as Facebook. We volunteer our information to Twitter. That's why we like it. Buy it.
5: Bieber. Uh, CBS. I'm a seller. Of CBS here. I think there's just too much hair on this story right now. It's just starting to get momentum. I would I would avoid this stock at these levels. Steve Grasso.
7: You know I used to have a favorite in Domino's pizza, Patrick Doyle. He's not there anymore. I you were gonna say pepperoni. So I'm going, if that, <laughs> that that's that's originally you brought me there. I'm going to McDonald's now. Spoke to management, they're excited about the second half of the year, McDonald's MCD.
4: <laughs> next Guys. week is gonna be a crazy bit. It's so good that we're gonna have you on board next week oh, to uh, us, Did I mention skir- I'm on vacation us. for two, no, got, two
5: weeks? What, what? He's got another vacation for two weeks. Oh. She said. Did you bye tell bye. the people at home you're gonna be away for they two know weeks? Now. <laughs> We're
4: going to get through barely. My final trade is despair. I don't know if there's some U.S. (laughs) Corp. expensive, but I like it.
3: That does it for us. Before I go on vacation, there is options action right after this break. Stay tuned.
8: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you.